Welcome to the Self-Interrogation Podcast. It's your host, Uncle Coop, also known as your favorite uncle's favorite uncle. And yes, I'm a real uncle. Today is episode two of my Facebook interview series. And today I have the honor of interviewing Courtney Colston. I'm going to let her tell everybody what we're doing here today. And then we'll jump right into this interview. So Courtney, take it away. All right, Clifton, so you have challenged people to answer some of your questions for a podcast, and for whatever reason, I decided to be one of those crazy people that agreed to it without really thinking about who I was dealing with. So, hopefully this doesn't go on too long. I hate the sound of my own voice. I'm sorry for the crackling sound. I'm opening water. So... In this email, you say that you want people to take the time to think about their answers, and I'm not going to do that because I'm a blunt, honest person, so let's just get straight to it, shall we? Hope I don't hate you by the end of it, Clifton. I'm sure you won't hate me by the end of it. If anything, it should give you a new appreciation for uh, me and the way that I think uh, because it should force you to do a little bit more thinking and allowing you to share things that you typically aren't sharing with people. And that can only be a good thing. And um, all right, so let's just jump right into it. Question number one. What's something that could only be told by you about your son that the world would never understand if you don't take the time to tell us? My son has an issue processing emotions. He has anxiety. And he has anxiety because his father and I spent five years arguing in front of him and we both wanted to make it work for this for the kid and this is the worst thing you could freaking do i cannot stand when people stay together because of the kid because you're not teaching the kid anything other than what it's like to watch mommy and daddy abuse each other so then they grow up and they ended up staying in relationships that they're abused in and it's just the cycle keeps going i broke the cycle because that's how i grew up i grew up in a very volatile household with two people who should not have been together however they're perfect now it took going through hell for them to get where they're at now but I was not going to do that to my son because I have PTSD and an anxiety disorder that are stemmed from childhood trauma and I didn't want to have to be I didn't want me and Joey to be something that Bryce had to survive so the one thing that a lot of people don't understand is that sometimes Bryce processes his emotions by having expressions that people don't understand. So when he does that, I'm like, look, he's got a little anxiety. He grew up listening to his father and I argue all the time. So when there's hostility or there's anger or there's bad energy around, he shuts down. And a lot of people think he's just being stubborn, but he literally is just shutting down because he doesn't want to go back to those places. There's that. Clifton, that was mean. You're making me answer all I hope the rest of these aren't like that. I wouldn't say it was mean. I would say it's just a question that makes you think a little bit or share uh, some things that you typically aren't ex- explaining or sharing with others. But um, it's hard to put into words things about your own child um, that other people might not understand because 
I think a lot of times when people are looking from the outside in at someone else's children, uh, I, I don't even know if they really want to understand. It's easier to just pass judgment or, um, you know, turn and keep it moving instead of trying to understand what that parent might be going through with that child or just get to know the child in general. But good answer overall. All right. So everyone has problems. It's just how life is, and it's always going to be that way. But assuming you could take on the problems of someone else to make things easier for them, whose problems would you take on and why? I hate you. I would take my stepdads. I lost my father when I was 16 to addiction. I lost my grandfather 10 years later. And, no, not 10 years, nine years later. My only two experiences with death were losing my father and my grandfather, who was the most important person in the world to me. So I feel like I'm stronger emotionally than most people. If you've met me, you know I'm probably one of the strongest chicks that exist. And I feel like I could process losing, God, I can't imagine losing my son, but For my dad, just seeing the things that he goes through and just after months, he's just unable to heal. I just wish I could take that pain away from him because I feel like I could process it. And I know that I would be in therapy and on antidepressants and taking care of myself. I wouldn't just be sitting in the misery that he's going through. And if I could just take it away from him, I would. All right, since I've known you, this has proven to be true, and that's a long time, but um, you are both a stubborn and a passionate person. Now, being that these two things make you who you are, if you had to give up one of these traits, which would it be, and what do you think it would change about you? I'm never going to give up being passionate, so I would give up being stubborn. Um, I feel like it would be it would change half and half. Like I would probably experience more. Let me rephrase. If I think that if I were less stubborn in certain areas of my life, things would come to me a lot easier than what they do. Unfortunately, sometimes I will set myself up to be put in situations that are difficult to deal with, or um, I make them harder than they need to be. But the end result always works out best. There have been times where I've not been stubborn at all and things have turned out perfect. So I think the only thing, I mean, it could change for the best and it could change for the worst, but I'll never give up being passionate, ever. This should be an easy one. What's the least selfish thing that you've ever done? Hmm. Definitely allowing a relationship to end that I knew was not ready to end. Um, Person I was with for years was going through the hardest point of life imaginable. And his solution was to let me go and that he needed space away from me. And it, it, it broke me. I didn't know how to be without this person. I feel like I am who I am today because of this person. And he needed to get away from me. And I was just like, well, wait a second, no. But then I realized if that's what he needed to be better, I was willing to put myself through pain and anguish and not be with him 
in order for him to find his way. And we're friends. Took a while, but we're friends. And he's doing better than he ever was. And I'm so proud of him. And he's just, he's amazing. He's literally just absolutely 100% amazing. So I think that giving him that time to find what he needed to find, as much as it hurt me, I'm so happy we're for him. And I could have easily pulled him back in, but that would have been selfish of me to do so. He felt like he needed to go, so I let him go. Okay, so this one is one that means a lot to me because I love music. And for me, music is more than just hearing music. I feel as though I feel music. Like there's like a physical presence that music has with me. And so I know that this is something, I mean, you may describe it in a different way, but I know that music moves you and is something that's important to you. So tell me, why do you love music as deeply as you do? And how does it impact your everyday life? I am, um, I have a anxiety disorder. I have PTSD and I also have social anxiety disorder. It may shock some of you. My dad was a musician. I grew up listening to a band in my basement. I love the guitar. I love the piano. I love to sing. Um, the stability of music has always been where I've seeked solitude and safety. It could be the drums being in sync. It could be the way that the harmonies of vocalists go together. It can be just the buildup of a song and the explosion and then coming back down. But music for me is what, when I'm feeling anxious or if I'm feeling scared or I feel like the boxes of the world are closing in around me, music makes it better. I put music in, I listen to it, I shut my eyes, I meditate, I put myself in the song. Like, I hear music so much differently than other people. I'm a musician, something else a lot of people don't know about me. Um, it's what gets me through my life. When I need to express something, I write a song. I have a piano, I have a guitar, and I also sing. But I don't let the world hear those things because that's my way of expressing myself. That's my way of releasing. That is my way of coping. And if I didn't have music, I don't know where I would be. That's something I, I it's just my life. It is absolutely 100% my life. And it impacts me every day by setting the tone for my day. I listen to certain songs on the way to work, depending on my mood that sets me in a calming mood. If I've had a bad day at work, I could listen to anything from NWA all the way down to some Brian McKnight. Like, I just, music is my jam. Somehow I knew a question about music would get some good, uh, good details out of you, and you didn't disappoint. So, thanks. Moving on to the one question that I have decided I'm asking everyone that participates in these interviews. Uh, because this is the one question that, for myself, was hardest to have a, 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 a real answer to when I first asked. So that question is this. What's something of value that you have or you possess 
but you can't give to someone else? I love this question, Clifton. This is beautiful because I just now realized this about a year ago. A year ago, I found myself in a place where I wanted to die. I'm not going to say I was suicidal because I was not suicidal, but I wanted to die. I was in excruciating pain. I was losing someone that meant the world to me. I had a child to live for. I had a job. But I... um. I, I just kind of like in this moment of listening to logic on the VMAs, the 1-800-SUICIDE song he sang, listening to the lyrics to that song, and I was asleep, and so I was absorbing them, and I was listening to his flow and hearing the way he said these words and the passion and that, and that beautiful speech he gave at the end. Like, it was amazing, and I just realized in that moment that I needed to make a change. And I remember prior to this person leaving me, referring back to question number four, that he always used to say, I wish you knew your power. I wish you knew how valuable you are. And I wish you knew your worth. And so I went on a journey of meditation, therapy, reading, spiritual spirituality, just really going within. And I have self-worth now. I have self-love and I know that I'm valuable and worthy and I wish that I could give my best friends that same thing. I have one friend in particular who does not know how magnificent she really is and she doesn't know her value or her worth yet, but she's still young and I just hope one day she realizes how spectacular she really is and stops settling for these F boys in her life and realizes that she's amazing. Next question here. We all hurt people. We've all been hurt. Uh, typically, when we hurt people, one thing that uh, we try to do is, you know, either justify why we hurt them or ask for forgiveness. So that's not always the case. And I know that um, for myself, I've hurt people and there was maybe a time that needed to go by before I realized that okay, I should probably try to fix that or uh, ask for forgiveness, whatever. But, you know, it's not always easy to do. So I ask, who in your life have you hurt but aren't quite ready to ask for forgiveness? And if this applies to you, what's holding you back? Um. <laughs> oh, you're going to be so happy you asked this question. Um, if I've hurt you, you deserved it, and I have no plans on asking for forgiveness, so there's nothing holding me back. I'm not a vindictive, manipulative asshole. There's a person that lives in West Virginia that would probably say otherwise, and who has gone out on a mission, it almost seems like, to um, spill my business that I told her in secrecy and confidence for probably 20 years. And she got mad at me, and she decided to tell everybody who would listen about how I was this horrible, awful person that did all these horrible, awful things. Well, you know what? She ain't so great herself, but you don't see me out here telling people that. But our relationship should have ended a long time before it did. And the only reason we were still friends at the end was because we had been friends for so long that we just kept being friends. But there are times in life where people are in your life beyond the expiration date. 
And sometimes your best friends through childhood are not going to be your best friends through adulthood. We're on two completely different paths. And I would definitely say that her insulting my sister, calling her disgusting for being a lesbian and then turning around a few years later and exploring her own sexuality that way really, really pissed me off. But that's not why um, I hurt her. I don't think I hurt her, but I know it hurts her that I'm not in her life. And I don't give a damn if it hurts her. I don't care if it hurts her. I will never ask for forgiveness because I don't feel like I did anything wrong by hurting her. I really don't. If you want to talk about who hurt her, who, I would say that the person who should be the most hurt is me because she's telling anybody who will listen my business. But um, don't care to ask for her forgiveness and um, nothing's holding me back. If you've hurt me and I've hurt you back, you deserved it. So there's that. All right, this one should be easy. One wish, anything you want, nothing's off limits. What do you wish for? I wish for the world to stop hating people for their differences. I love black people. I love Muslims. I love liberals. And I love, I love, 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 love Colin Kaepernick. I love everything he stands for. I love the people who take a stand for what they believe in. And I just wish that everybody in this world would allow people to express themselves the way they feel like expressing themselves without making them feel less than. I wish that uh, black people could walk the street and not feel judged by white people or feel fearful of their life because of the police. And I wish that people in this world would express the same outrage and disgust for the homeless veterans that they feel for Colin Kaepernick taking a knee. If you really want to be pissed off because you think he's disrespecting veterans in the military, where's your outrage for all the homeless veterans out there on the streets? What about them? Those men respect what that man's doing. He wants equality for everybody. Why do we even have homeless veterans? Where is your outrage for that? So if my one wish would be for people to get over themselves and stop trying to make people feel the way they feel... I'm never going to be racist. I'm never going to hate black people. And I'm never, ever, ever going to look at a Muslim and say, you're a terrorist. I'm never going to think that Donald Trump has the intentions on making America great again, ever. And it's okay if you feel that way. I disagree with you. And I think you might be a little racist, but that's just my opinion. And you should allow me to have that opinion without being pissed off or without calling me names. So if I could wish for anything, it would be for people to get over themselves. And you know what? One thing I wish, I wish you parents out there who are teaching your children to hate black people, to hate Muslims, and to think that this orange Cheeto in office is actually has the best intentions for you. I think that you guys need to allow your children to live in a free world where they are allowed to love who they want to love, experience life that they want to experience life, and stop making them feel bad for not thinking the way you do. Because I hate to break it to you, there's a lot of girls that I went to school with whose parents would have died if they knew that their kids were dating black guys. But y'all were dating black men, I remember. All I'm saying is we all need to be accepting of other people and allow everybody's differences to be accepted. Because this hateful world we live in is literally the worst thing. And you can't blame Obama for the racist 
stuff, it has nothing to do with him. If you really, I mean, I guess it kind of does because a lot of white people didn't want him to be president. So that's when it became okay to be openly racist because they didn't want no black man running their country. You don't want no black man running your country. This is your country. Sorry, I just had to pull the West Virginia out. But in all reality, that's really what that was. And um, so, yeah, um, it kind of took a left turn there. Um, you know, again, there's my passionate side coming out. But, yeah, I really just wish everybody could be more accepting to everybody else's differences. And I'm not saying everyone who's listening to this right now does not feel the same way as I do. But there's a lot of people listening to this right now that is probably undercover calling me a bitch or calling me some other not so nice words, but uh, Black Lives Matter and take a knee, homie. Anyway. Okay, so here's another question that uh, pertains to your son. If you had to write a letter to your son that he couldn't open until he turned the age that you are today, so mid-30s something, right? What would you put in that letter? What would you tell him? The most important thing in life is to be happy. Do not worry about what other people think. Do not live your life to someone else's expectations. Know your value. Know your worth. Love yourself and be great. Be you. Do not live your life to someone else's standards. Do not live your life to please others. Because at the end of the day, when everybody's gone that forced you to live this life that you don't want to be in, you're by yourself. So that's really, I want my son to be happy. So this question is specifically for you. No one else will get this question. But I feel okay asking you this question because it's something I've done myself. So anyways, we all have the time where we say we're done with Facebook We're done with social media, and we attempt to disconnect. I've seen this with you on more than one occasion, and I have done it myself uh, a time or two. But again, you've done this a number of times, but you always come back. So the question here is, what keeps bringing you back? Why can't you stay away? Um, Honestly... I can't speak on when before (laughs) I've left Facebook maybe two or three times. The last time I did it um, and made a statement, I've left Facebook a few more times in between the last time I announced it and now, but I left Facebook in November of last year because there were some things that had happened in my life and I couldn't log on without messages being in there because there are some people due to number seven running her damn mouth Um, there are some people who knew what was going on with me and I couldn't log on to social media without it being in my face. And this goes along with my social anxiety disorder, my PTSD and my anxiety, but I was afraid of what I was going to log into. So I took a break and I made a public announcement that I was taking a break, but then I don't know, out of sheer curiosity, I guess one day I was in an airport or I was in a situation where I needed to not have to feel like you know, dealing with people, because for me, sometimes I can walk into a store and I'm perfectly fine. Other times I walk into the store and I feel like everybody is staring at me and no one is looking at me, but uh, you can't convince me that they're not. So I guess out of curiosity and seeing what people are up to, and then you see somebody's had something amazing happen and then you comment, then you're back 
and you get sucked back in. But to be completely honest with you, after my sister passed away, the love that I got from my family in West Virginia, and I call the people in West Virginia my family because as much as I want to disconnect myself from that state, I had the most genuine response to, of people calling me, texting me, messaging me, making sure I'm okay. And God, I, I would give anything to have that day back again, not to have to lose my sister, but just having those people that were so close to me at one point and who had my back while I was there reach out to me and with their condolences, like it meant so much. And seeing the simplicity in people's lives, just finding happiness, like Mike, the way he loves his daughter, seeing how he's changed by loving his daughter and Miranda for her joy of just being a homebody and making her spaghetti sauce and her pepperoni rolls and just the simplicity that people live. It's just beautiful of how simple things make people happy. And I'm one of those people. And as much as I've tried to disconnect myself from West Virginia, that's home and that's my family. And I come back because I want to keep in touch with my family. I want to see what they're doing. I love to see that. I love to see it. And again, sheer curiosity. Okay, so I already mentioned earlier that you are a passionate and a stubborn person. I think anyone who knows you as well as I have completely agrees with that. But what else makes you you? What is there that we might be missing that you'd want people to know but maybe you just haven't taken the time to express or maybe they just haven't been paying attention. So now's your chance. What should we know? Um, with that being said, with the last question, I've been told that I come off as conceited or cocky or flashy or um, self-indulgent, I guess. I don't live a normal life, guys. I don't. I will not explain why I don't live a normal life, but because of who I am as a person, my energy gives off things and creates situations in my life that are completely abnormal. There are people close to me who have witnessed this where I will just be standing somewhere and the craziest things will happen to me. It's just the way it is. So while I can be anywhere from kayaking in the waterway of Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, or in a Vegas penthouse suite or on the side of a stage at a Grammy performing event. It's just my life. But um, what you guys need to know is that I'm extremely insecure and I don't like attention and I don't like having people look at me. It also, I've been suffering from an eating disorder since I was about 15 years old. And there's a lot of people in West Virginia who did some really cruel things to me as a child and I mean, as a teenager, but also, I probably brought it on to myself, but y'all are some assholes, and I'm sure some of y'all are listening to this. There's some people that are definitely going to be hearing this that did some shit to me. I know who stole the systems out of all my cars, and I'm not going to call y'all out, but some of you were even were friends with me, but I caught one of you, and I took a knife outside, and you know what happened to you? You smashed your finger in the truck bed of a car for trying to steal my crap. Stuff like that. Like, why were y'all so damn mean? Like, for real, why were y'all so mean? I'm sorry all my friends were black. I'm sorry I didn't like y'all. But for y'all to just be so damn mean to me, 
it created an anxiety within me of like not feeling accepted by large groups of people that I, I mean, I've gotten over it, but like when I'm home, I feel like I want to cocoon myself and hide. I don't want to be seen. And that's the way I would feel a lot when I was in high school, especially because I went through a period where everybody hated me because somebody miscommunicated something I said to someone and it was something that I never said, but it created the entire school hated me. And it was the hardest thing I've ever gone through. And as much as I don't want to give anybody the pleasure of knowing, it screwed me up in a lot of aspects. But at the same time, when I look back at some of those people and I look at their lives, I'm just like, <laughs> y'all suck. You're not aging very well. And uh, winning. So I guess that's where it comes off a little cocky, but it's not really like that. It's just like, you know, I just, I just really try to be as authentic as I possibly can. And I like to share my life experiences just like everybody else. So if I'm in Vegas, if I'm in St. Louis, Missouri, if I'm in Miami, New York, or wherever I go, I'm there for a reason. It's no one's business why I'm there. And uh, also, I'm not a groupie and I don't sleep with celebrities. Hate to break it to you. Never happened. Yes, I do have a special friend that happens to be a public figure, but it's not what you think. And I just really wish that people would stop assuming that it is. Like, it devalues the relationship I have with this person. And another thing, I guess, is that, I don't know. I don't want to go into that one, Clifton. You can just, I'm going to let it go. I'm going to stop there. All right, back to music one more time. So you recently took your son to a concert to see Taylor Swift. Tell me how this experience compared to some of the previous concerts that you've gone to. Um, I know that you've gone to a number of concerts with friends, and I'm sure, you know, that's one thing to be able to go and, you know, whatever it is people do at concerts. I personally have not been to a concert since, I believe it was 1991, maybe 92, when I went and saw MC Hammer and Vanilla Ice with my cousins. So I'm, I'm pretty sure the concert experience, one, as an adult, is completely different, but two, just a concert in this day and age is um, something spectacular, especially for someone to the magnitude of a Taylor Swift. But anyways, I guess what I'm asking here is you've been to a lot of concerts, but how was this different? Um, tell me how this experience compared to some of the previous concerts. And what do you think that your son will remember most about this experience? Taylor Swift is the shit. She is a true musician. Never seen a show like that in my life. The best production ever. I have so much respect for this girl. I've never seen any artist as confident as she was. I'm not even a Taylor Swift fan. I am now. The difference that it compared with uh, previous concerts with my friends is that my friends and I are usually dancing together to where my son was sitting in silence. And when Bryce is excited, he sits quiet. And he looks miserable, but he's literally absorbing everything. He saw things that night where I didn't even notice were happening. He watched everything. I've seen Eminem in concert in Clifton. You know Eminem is my dude. I don't care what you say. Eminem is the best. He's goat, even though I just realized what that 
the whole goat thing meant. He's the best. Say what you want. Don't you dare come up in my inbox talking about Jigga. Anyway. But yeah, um, I think he will remember the day he fell in love with music and the day he fell in love with concerts. And it was with me. And I think that for me, even though Eminem was my bucket list of concerts, I loved Taylor Swift more because I was with my son and I watched my son fall in love with music. Simple. All right, we made it. Lucky number 13. Last question for you. The number one thing that I want in my everyday life is more time, okay? Because time is the one thing in life that we can never replace. We can never get more of it. Once it's gone, it's gone. So for me, time is priceless. If you could get more time, what would you do with it? Hmm. I hate you, Clifton. Sometimes I wish I could go back in time. I had a very deep connection with someone when I was so young. Uh, This person was everything to me. Their songs... I went to a Babyface and a um, Brian McKnight concert last summer. And these songs were from when I was like 14, 15, 16 years old. And I remember there, even though I had relationships with other people, there was always this one person that I just had a hard time letting go of. And for whatever reason, he didn't want to be with me. But um, I just wish I could go back in time and know what I know now and see if that could have been repaired because I think now where we are in our lives as adults I think that we both know that had we taken different paths we would be sheer greatness um as far as time is concerned I always thought I had more time to repair the relationship with my sister it had been horrible for so many years and I went from going to a wedding on a Saturday night, having an amazing time, and waking up the next day and finding out my sister's dead. And I'll never have time to tell her how bad she hurt me. I'll never be able to get or give the apologies that we should have had. And I just wish that everybody understood how precious time is. Because once it's gone, you can never get it back. And I'm never going to have my sister back to tell her I'm sorry or to get her apologies so okay that's it podcast is over that concludes my interview with courtney colston i appreciate you being so honest in all of your answers and um, maybe we'll do this again sometime but for now this concludes the self-interrogation podcast i'm your host uncle coop your favorite uncle's favorite uncle and yes i am a real uncle I will talk to you in the next one.